Welcome to Women of Courage, Living the Gospel with Power. Hello, ladies. Today we're going to start a series on prayer. I will be looking at different prayers in the Bible and sharing them with you. And we're going to answer five questions as we go through these prayers. Who prayed? Why did they pray? What were some of the key elements of prayer? What does prayer tell us about what that person knew and believed about God? And how does prayer build our faith and confidence in God? There is no set way to pray. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm asking us to do is to examine our prayer life because our prayer life tells a lot about who we are, where we are, and what we know and believe about God. Our prayer life is supposed to change as we get closer to God. Now I'm going to read to you 2 Chronicles 26 and 7. Now this is just the first two verses of his prayer. O Lord God of our Father, are you not the God in heaven? and rules over the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Are you not our God, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people, Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? So who is praying? Well, the person that is praying is King Jehoshaphat, and he is the king of the two southern nations, which is Judah and Benjamin. Now, Jehoshaphat was a man of courage and valor. For years, he had been strengthening the armies and fortifying the cities. But most importantly, for years, he had been teaching the people to trust in the one who had, in past time, had interposed to save them, the chosen people, from utter destruction. And now, when the kingdom was in peril, he turned to God. And we read that in verse 3, where it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah, which meant that it wasn't just the army that came to the temple that day. It was the children. It was the wives. It was everyone. Jehoshaphat immediately decided that in this crisis, he would put his trust not in the army he had built, but in the living God of Israel. And keep this in mind, because he was a man of valor, he wasn't afraid of going to battle he was afraid of going to battle without God. The second question, why did he pray? Well, we find the answer to that in verse 1 and 2. And it says, And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them others beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There come a great multitude against thee, from beyond the sea. So we have three nations that have made a decision to come together to come to Jerusalem to destroy the southern kingdoms, Benjamin and Judah. Now what's significant about this is that prophecy tells us that Jesus is going to come through the lineage of Judah. Jehoshaphat starts off his prayer by asking God four questions. Obviously a rhetorical questions, but what Jehoshaphat is doing is he is informing God through these questions of whom he knows God to be. Prayer affirms God, and it also acknowledges who God is. Jehoshaphat says, Lord God. Now, why does he purposely use Lord God? He just could have said God. He could have said our Father. 
he knew and he knew the people that would be hearing him, the picture that would conjure up in their minds when they heard Lord God. Lord, all caps mean Yahweh and God means Elohim. Now, when you think of Yahweh, always think of the righteous judge, the eternal one, the self-existing, the one who is past and present and future. He is the one that dwells in eternity. He is constant. He never changes. And so when he says, Lord God, he is adding to what he understands and knows God to be. He says, God, you are the creator, the covenant maker. You are absolute. You have absolute authority. The one who is sovereign, the one who speaks and something happens. Now, imagine if you told me your name was, I don't know, Sally. And what Sally meant was something that was beautiful and profound. So every time I heard your name, my thoughts go to that. I start thinking about how beautiful and profound you are as a person. So that's why Jehoshaphat purposely used Lord God. So when the people heard it, immediately, immediately they would think about this righteous judge, the one who is eternal, the one who is constant and consistent and present, the one who is the creator, the one who is all-powerful. Now Jehoshaphat continues his prayer by saying, The God of heaven. He is denouncing the heathen God made of man's hand. So if you read Deuteronomy 4.28, we are reminded that the works of men's hands are wood and stone, which these gods that they have built, we're talking about the heathen nations, those who did not believe in the God of heaven. He goes on to say they can't see, they can't hear, they can't eat, they can't smell because they are made of wood and they're made of stone. In Psalms 24, we read the earth is the Lord's, all caps, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I think it's purposely done this way because most people don't look for Jesus or really the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, but they are there. So when you look at the word Lord, it speaks of the Godhead. It just takes some study, slowing down the readings, who in the Godhead has been spoken about. That's why a lot of times when you hear me speaking, I'm interchanging God and Jesus in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit because when you allow the Holy Spirit to kind of unpack what is being said, you can figure out who he's talking about. But they always are working in concert. He goes on to say, And in your hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? The hand of God represents his eternal purpose and his execution of his power. Let I me mean, just think. If you know all of this about God, if you believe all of this about God and you rehearsing it back to God, you are praying in confidence, in absolute confidence in the person you're talking to and the person that can resolve the situation for you. And you know it. He continues his prayer by saying, are you not our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? He's now making it personal. You are our God. You are the one that drove these people out of the land that they're coming back to reclaim. And you did it because you wanted to give it to us, the seed of Abraham, your friend forever. So in other words, this is your land. You alone says who will inhabit it. This is yours. And no one can take what you have given us out of our hands and let you allow it. And if you do allow it, it's because you have something better. The next question. 
What does this prayer tell us about King Jehoshaphat and what he knew and believed about God? His prayer is a prayer of complete confidence in the Lord God, the righteous judge, the Lord eternal, self-existing. Jehoshaphat believed that he was the one who is past and present and future. He was the one that dwelt in eternity. He is constant. He never changes. He is creator. He's covenant maker. He is absolute power. He is absolute authority. The one who speaks and something always happened. He is sovereign. Jehoshaphat knew him as a personal God, the one who rules over the earth, the one whose hand represents his purpose and his power. He knew that God had given them this land. He also knew that there were three nations coming against them and only God could interpose. And that's why he turned to him. The last question is, how does prayer build our faith in God? You know, our faith is built on what we know about Christ. And that is why the Bible over and over again tells us that our knowledge of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit should ever increase. Second Peter 3 tells us, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. Paul tells us in Colossians 1, 9 and 10 that we are to be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So when we pray, we are confessing what we know about God, what we believe about him. Prayer alone is not enough, though. We must be ever learning through the word of God, through studying his word, David told us in Psalms 119-130, he says, The entrance of thy word gives light. John 9 says, One thing I know, that I was once blind, but now I see. That should be our everyday experience. I'm going to close here, and we will pick up the second portion of Jehoshaphat's prayer. But I want to leave you with this. Examine your prayer life for the purpose of getting to know this God that you're praying to. He's a wonderful God. He's a loving God. And you can tell him that even in your prayer. Remind him how wonderful he is. Remind him how kind and loving he is. Remind him of all the things he's done for you. He loves to hear it. I am told that Jesus loves to hear us talk about the Father. And the Father loves to hear us talk about his Son. We should do more of it. And do it out loud if you want to. It doesn't matter. But do it. When we pray, we affirm who God is, and we confirm what we know and believe about Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Women of Courage, Living the Gospel with Power. You are the most courageous woman I know, and I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life. Until next time, be blessed.